welcome back to the Cool as Lester podcast. Somehow we are on episode eight already. So I think this now seems to be the only way I'm counting through the weeks is going by the podcast episode number. But I'm so happy to have our guest this week on. Firstly, because she's amazing in her field and she's doing such exciting things at the moment. But secondly, because she also happens to be one of my dearest friends. So this week we're joined by chef and writer Shivi Ramatar. So you may recognise her from her regular appearances on BBC Saturday Kitchen. She also published a wonderful cookbook focusing on flavours from her beloved rum islands called Caribbean Modern. And now she's just released her brand new book, The Ice Kitchen, which is full of recipes and brilliant tips on how to make better use of your freezer at home. We caught up with her to chat about all of that and plenty more, including some of her memories of food and drink when growing up here in Leicestershire. Welcome to the Call of Zester podcast. Shivi, how are you? Very well. It's so great to have an excuse just to catch up with you as well, to be fair. <laughs> well, that's it, isn't it? It's 2020 and friends catch up over podcasts. That's what we do now. But obviously, I mean, I know you very well, but by way of introduction to everybody else, obviously a lot of people will know you from your regular appearances on Saturday Kitchen or from your first cookbook, Caribbean Modern. But in perfect timing in a worldwide lockdown, your new book has very recently come out. Can you tell us a little bit about it? Yes, so it's the ice kitchen. Um, you know, nothing to do with what we're going through right now. It just happens that it is helpful because we're all using our freezers. We're all trying to maximise ingredients. But I actually wrote this last summer when I had um, just had my second child. Um, he's a newborn baby. I was looking after the toddler, um, and it was just quite full on for me because I just, you know, to be fair, didn't know what to expect with two of them, and it was the same kind of thing in the sense that I was trying to maximize ingredients. I wasn't able to get out to the shops all the time. Um, I was just trying to still have those lovely flavors and those lovely meals that we're used to having, but in a really quick, simple way, essentially. And so the idea for the book, when did you, obviously that's when you first came up with it. How did the pitching process go? Did you already, had you already spoken to your publishers about doing something like this or was it, were they very keen on the idea from the outset? Yeah, I mean, I think that the, the freezer has previously been something that um, hasn't necessarily been a sexy uh, <laughs> appliance in one's kitchen. Um, so the idea is that actually, you know, we there, there've been a lot of books about preserving food um, at the forefront. So things like pickling, fermenting, all of that kind of things. And actually, the freezer is something that most of us have, but it's sort of a natural preservation tool. So it just seems to be a, a natural step in the idea of where food what food interest was happening and yeah what, what people really had there but hadn't really realized the capabilities are because that's it isn't it people say like freezer food and you kind of think ready meals and stuff like for anyone yeah. that hasn't seen the book that's like absolutely not what this is no is absolutely not and the idea is that actually freezer food it's not um subpar you know you can make this gorgeous wonderful meal from ingredients that you have there or you've ready cooked and you've frozen and it's just as good as and sometimes even better because let's face it you know if you've had a curry or a casserole it can taste better days later can't it you know you get that sort of intensifying of flavors and the freezer's doing that for you there because it's sitting together but also the fact that when you buy fruit and veg and you leave it in your fridge on that bottom shelf um the moment it goes in there over minutes and hours and days the goodness of it's leaching out anyway whereas if you just went um you treated it in a certain way everything has to be treated in a different way depending on what it is and pop it into the freezer you're pressing pause on its freshness so actually if you take something out of the freezer a week later it'll have more nutrients 
um, than if you left it in the fridge for two days. So I think people never know that. Well, that's the interesting thing, because when we were first looking at it, and I was like, it was that thing around fruit and veg, and I was like, we are forever throwing out veg Mm. from the fridge. Because you buy it, don't you? And then you buy bulk buy loads. And then, yeah, the idea that you can just kind of blanch it and do that and then put it in the freezer and it still is fresh and you're not losing any of that. Exactly. You're literally just pressing pause on freshness. That is all that's happening, you know, and it's, it's very cost effective as well. So you're not wasting, um, you know, I think we're all trying to think environmentally now, um, given everything that's happened and it's a, just a great way. So you're not throwing things away and just, you know, sensible, conscious cooking. And from the feedback from the book so far, what do you think have been some of the most well-received tips within it? Um, I think things like, uh, again, a lot of it, so, so essentially, you know, it's not specifically a batch cooking book. So I think a lot of the feedback, feedback that I've had that I've really loved hearing is the fact that a lot of people who are disorganized, who don't really appreciate batch cooking, can just make a normal meal. And then with any leftover ingredients, so things like um, freezing leftover stock uh, in ice cubes or taking herbs that haven't been used and blitzing it into an oil and storing those in ice cubes. It's the way, it's a clever way to use those leftover ingredients. I think people have um, really taken to that. And also a lot of people were so shocked by the fact that you can actually cook chicken from frozen if it's prepared in the in the correct way. Oh, wow. You know, a lot of, yes. Yeah, so, you know, we've always been taught in the past that it's a no-no to use frozen meats but actually if it's done in a certain way so specifically in thin strips so you've got a bigger surface area so it defrosts really quickly you can fun that straight into your pot or your pan or your meal and it defrosts and cooks in minutes oh wow that's really good to know yeah so it's great to always have in your freezer because you can essentially throw together a meal very quickly with what you've got there without having to do too much chopping and whatnot because one of the tips i saw you say i think it was on saturday kitchen you said about as well with wine in without in ice cubes and I was like, which is a great yeah. idea, because so often you're kind of like, well, I don't want... I mean, you know what I'm like. If I open a bottle of wine, <laughs> I will drink the bottle of wine. So yes. if I can be like, okay, well, actually, I can just have an ice cube that's frozen, and then I don't need to get drunk for the evening. Exactly. I mean, it's probably going to ruin many people's... You know, they, all of a sudden they have to be, oh, actually, I can save this now, can't I? I don't have to finish it. But so that's great, because then, you know, that one ice cube can then transform a very basic, um, small portion of, like, a sausage casserole or do you know what I mean because yeah. you're adding that wine cube just and get it adds a little intensity to what you're making and you didn't waste it you didn't have to drink it you know it's a really great way to keep ingredients and again that's it keeps the same kind of quality yes yeah, so it. I mean with with wine I'd probably then put it straight into cooking mm. um and that's one thing I say there's certain things then that you'd use within food uh, within the meals rather than um, just as a garnish. So things like herbs, um, they will naturally, post being frozen, um, be a little bit soggier. So you wouldn't dress a salad with it, but you'd throw it into soups and casseroles and stews. Okay. And, and I, you know, obviously in the book, I go through a lot more detail as to what, you know, other than the recipes at the very back, there's a section, um, a little table just to help you with all these commonplace ingredients to let you know how you use them, how you freeze them, how you defrost them. So it's completely clear for you amazing and obviously like we are in the middle of a lockdown period at the minute and you yourself you've got two little ones at home Uh what are some of your go-to dishes for the family when you so the one that's really taken legs right now uh, my four-year-old loves an egg fried rice oh good choice (laughs) it's great he's really into his chinese food um he absolutely adores it and we all do and the great thing about this is that you know if you have uh rice frozen in the freezer as an ingredient ready to go 
And this is this is literally how life is. And actually, we're doing one this evening, Finn, because he's asked for it. So you've got frozen rice. You've got your frozen pack of um, sweet corn and frozen peas. You don't even have to prepare them yourself. You can buy it from the grocery. It's they're great. You know, they're literally frozen as soon as they're taken out the ground. Um, yeah, sesame oil. You've got your um, uh, diced onion and garlic already in the freezer. So your fridge, your freezer already has every single ingredient ready to go. So all you're doing is throwing things into a pan. Mm-hmm. As simple as that. You crack the egg in and that's it. You know, simple, but so good and delicious. And child-friendly. I mean, what, and child-friendly. what children don't like egg fried rice? Well, exactly. So. And the great thing is you can tailor it. So, you know, I've done this big batch of egg fried rice. I take out mine and um, Ben's, um, my husband's portion, and we add chili oil to that. The littlest doesn't get soy sauce. The four-year-old does. So from that one meal, we're all eating the same thing. Just these subtle little twists can make everybody happy in the family and with a minimal effort, which is really what I'm about. Amazing. I was going to say as well, because in between writing the books and the TV and bringing up the two children and stuff, do you get a lot of time to still be creative in the kitchen? Yes. So, I mean, right now, not so much. Right now, it is a lot about survival, but I actually find you know, it literally is survival. But also I find that it's, um, I find being in the kitchen quite meditative for me. So I really enjoy chopping and just losing myself and, and in the cooking as it were. Um, but Prior to all of this, yeah, I, one of my favorite things to do is to discover new recipes, create new things, or find a recipe that I adore that's really complicated and bring it down to the absolute basics to make it um, really easy for everybody, really accessible, giving you the essence of the flavor, but as simply as possible. That's what I love to do. Well, that's the thing, isn't it? Because I know I'm guilty of that. Like, you look at some recipe books, and I'll literally see the list of ingredients, and I'm like, no, too hard. I, was like, I can't be bothered with that. But actually, a lot of them can be broken down. Absolutely. I mean, like it's it's I love to call it um, authentically inauthentic, you know, in the sense that you get what you you get what the, the dish is about. And I'm sure at one point you can pay proper homage to it and do a proper thing. But sometimes you just want that wonderful flavor quickly, simply and just to tick that box and be yes. Now, then, obviously, you are originally from the Caribbean, Caribbean, Caribbean. How do we say it? Which one is it? Caribbean, Caribbean. I remember talking about this at school, but yes, it can be either or. I call Caribbean. I know a lot of people disagree with me. <laughs> it's all right, it's your book. We'll go with Caribbean. So obviously, I mean, mm-hmm. your book, Caribbean Modern, it was a lot of recipes from over there. Are there any particular recipes on that that you would recommend for people who are perhaps first starting out or just some of your favourites? Oh, so something like the um, the Bake and Shark, which I'll just clarify very quickly. It's essentially a really wonderful um flavorsome fish burger um and it is it's just and it comes with this uh tamarind aioli it's a tamarind garlicky mayo and it's fish that white fish that's been um marinated in a really lovely heady mix of coriander thyme lime so it just it's like a beach fish burger and it's just sensational and it's a great step into this kind of food um it's something kind of familiar but with a real hit of caribbean flavors yeah, I can murder one now on the beach, really, ideally. <laughs> and obviously, a lot of people may know this, may not know this. You actually started in the cooking world by going on MasterChef. I did, yes. A long... I actually saw that the lady who won that year, Natalie, um, uh, she posted something. Uh, maybe it was two days ago. It was actually seven years ago. Oh, my God, really? Wow, that doesn't oh. seem that long ago. I swear as well, I'm sure you didn't. I'm sure you didn't tell any of us that you were going to be on it, no. did you? And then it was like on the day you were like, oh, watch BBC at this time. And we were like, what on earth is going on? I was umming and ahhing whether is this something I do? Is this something I don't do? You know, it was like a massive 
is this the start of something for me or is this going to ruin any chance that I have of being able to do it if I make a fool of myself, that kind of thing. But then it absolutely was the start of, of all of this, which is amazing. Yeah, I mean, let's be honest, in the first, on that first invention test, that I could have gone home, you, you probably won't remember it, but I am, um, you know, they're given, you're given a certain uh, number of ingredients and you have to make something from it. And I was given, I remember it very clearly, a red pepper, beef mint, a mushroom, um, some garlic and parsley herbs um, and also like a ciabatta and I panicked freaked out and then, and then ended up just doing something silly like boiling the beef by accident in the oil <laughs> um, the mushroom got really soggy and I had the audacity to rub garlic on the ciabatta put everything separately and call it a deconstructed burger oh wow <laughs> <laughs> it was disgusting and that could have been the knife in this career for me but thank goodness I pulled through absolutely um, but yeah, but it was great. It was a really great experience because it just showed me that actually this is quite interesting. I really like creating dishes and it's something that um, gave me a bit of confidence. It was, you know, I really enjoyed it. And is it tough? Because they, they always seem quite tough, like on a lot of the contestants. Is, is that kind of, is it quite intense when you're oh. doing the tasks and stuff? It's really intense because also there's filming, it, the filming is um, very concentrated. So if you've found out you've got through to the next round, you have like two days to prepare the next element of it. So um, it is really full on. And I remember like the mornings before going into the studio, I'd be like at 4 a.m. or 5 a.m. frying fish and practicing a dish before I head out oh, wow. to actually do it. Um, it is really intense. And obviously there's, you know, I, I've one of my um, really good friends in the food world I met when I, I met on the competition. Um, so whilst you meet people, there's still the competitive element to it. So, you know, people want to win because then people start getting into it because you're, you're, you're invested. You know, you're focusing on this, you're getting involved. Um, yeah it was great it was really fun actually looking back and do you think that because obviously since then you've done the cookbooks and you've gone into tv hmm. was there ever a part of you that wanted to be a professional chef like in the kitchens in a restaurant I think at one point that may have crossed my mind but then when I look at you know in a, a, a chef in a restaurant what they do is just so I mean I have such utmost utmost respect for them because it is full-on you know it's full-on um, they're working all hours um and it's not only the the cooking elements of it it's the business side as well yeah um to balance that um you know i i my strength really is in creating recipes and making simple things and um simple uh flavors and conveying them for home life that is really where my strength is and writing and creating these recipes is what i really love doing um i don't think i have that the the additional elements needed to be a professional chef I mean the idea would be wonderful but I mean credit is where credit's due and those chefs I mean a different level you have to be you such know, a perfectionist different. as well wouldn't you like when the dishes go out you kind of see the, the absolutely absolute and it's so there's so much sacrifice because you're obviously spending a lot of time away um and for me my family life is very important as well and I've got the kids and you know I don't think I um I could sacrifice do those sacrifices at this stage and then obviously I mean you're based down in London now so for anyone that mm -hmm. doesn't speak about this a bit at the beginning but oh so we used to live together down in London which was we I feel did. like we were, it, was, it feels a very long time ago now it was a very like a very um you know hazy year of just I know free free relationships partying and fun and oh that was fun Gabby it's that weird <laughs> period isn't it of like when you've finished uni and you've just started yeah. working but you don't take work very seriously yet because you still feel like a student yes oh my gosh that was I, but I remember so many 
clear clear um the clear memories within the haziness yeah <laughs> which we probably shouldn't talk about no. I'll leave that I'll leave that but obviously before that you did spend most of your childhood growing up here in Leicestershire I did yeah are there any particular memories of favorite places or dishes or even bars or cocktails or things that you remember oh my gosh then? there's so many so my mum's uh, my mum's still there um and uh one of the things I remember actually on the weekends uh is it Welford Road yeah yeah. where they have all the Indian um oh Melton Road Melton Melton Road um there's a there was a place called Ajay's which was my first experience of chart and it was just sensational we used to go there and pick up like samosas and those sort of Indian sweets and I loved it I don't think they're still open but other than that I mean like most of my bar memories are with you like the (laughs) Fat Monk's candy oh my, bar. You know what? I knew you were going to say that. I nearly wrote it down because <laughs> I was like, the one thing, the one cocktail that always reminds me of Shivy is a Time Bar. The yes, Monk's candy time bar. bar. But that was insane. That was just like the best. In my memory, it probably still is the best cocktail there ever was. But I think like, is, n- nowadays, I would never, if I was out, it. because it's like, it was yeah. like ice cream and butterscotch sauce and like all of these things. And I'm kind of like, now I'd be like, oh my God, that's probably got like. 700 calories in it. exactly I and I'm like, I can't do that but I it was amazing it was amazing yeah I mean back then I was really into the sort of like sweet uh sweet um cocktails and what about fat cat is it yeah fat cat? fat cat is still there oh wow yeah it's a bit different now I think when we used to go but uh it was quite a while ago yeah it was it was I think it's that was later when we felt more sophisticated yeah, right absolutely <laughs> But I mean, you're you're very much like a foodie and go to like top top restaurants and nice places. Where do you think is the best meal that you've ever had? Oh my goodness, that's really tricky. So I, I went through, you know, oh gosh, it's really difficult because sometimes I'm just dying for something that is homely and um, and it's not fancy, no foam, um, no. Um, do, you, do you know what I'm saying? It's, yeah. it's not necessarily. It's, it's a meal that I eat that is just I could eat that again and again and again. Yeah, absolutely. And funnily enough, actually, um, whilst even during um, lockdown, once a week, my husband and I try to do a takeout locally because I know it must be so difficult for restaurants and businesses right now. And um, one of the, and maybe you know, it, it's also because we're in this period of time. But we did do an order from a um, restaurant called Orise that we visited twice before lockdown. Um, that we love and again the food is just incredibly just beautiful a lot of love's gone into it um and it's not it's just oh, I can't describe it it's just I can't I don't want to call it simple because that undermines what it is but it is just good food really good quality ingredients a lot of love's gone into it and actually when we did our last week um it wasn't last week a couple of weeks ago when we did the order um for RSA at home um it was just sensational this like half chicken with Madeira sauce um, there was a burrata with peas. There were um, a lovely tomato salad. Just it was just incredible. It was just you know you can tell somebody's passionate about the food they're creating. Um, it's not what you think is um, you know there's no air and this scent of lavender. Da, da, da. It's just good food. I think um, that's it as well, isn't it? Sometimes you yeah. do just need the quality ingredients prepared in the right way. That it can be simple but still amazing. Exactly. And another one that's one of my favourites, I mean, it's completely um, a different kind of thing, but I love fried chicken. Um, I think I always have done, haven't I? Have I always loved fried chicken? Um, yeah, and uh, there's uh, a restaurant chain um, in London that I cannot get enough of, and I was actually craving it, craving it. Um, oh, gosh, it's gone, it's gone, it's gone. How can I forget? Because I always have it on my tip of my tongue. Chicken sours. 
chicken oh, sours. Okay. Oh I've my never gosh. Heard of that. Oh, Gabby, when you come down to London next, we have to do this. Um, incredible fried chicken. Um, they have this lovely pickled watermelon sour, uh, watermelon oh. salad. Um, it's just wonderful. And they have this, um, this thing they call crack that they put over the hot wings. So it's really crispy. Um, it's spicy. It stays really lovely and crispy. And there's just loads of different condiments you can have with it. It's brilliant. So well, fried... I feel like fried chicken is always one of those things that like, I do a lot of work with street food events and traders and things. And actually some of the street food things that are coming through are so amazing. And fried chicken, I think I've had some of the best fried chicken from street food traders that kind of, oh and God. especially in London, some of the market halls and things that are opening. Oh. Like, the people that are in there, it's amazing. It's brilliant. And actually after MasterChef, I went to um, do a little work with Luado's. I don't know if you were, I don't know if you were ever around when I was working, um, helping Simon with Luado's. So they have an incredible burrito van. I mean, oh, wow. it is just wonderful. And again, I used to go early in the morning to help them out. And, you know, I'd see Simon making the amazing, um, the, 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 uh, the guacamole, um, doing the hot sauces. And again, yeah, that's probably the best burrito I've had in London. It's just incredible. You can't yeah, I love burrito. food. And the thing is, burritos as well, they're kind of like simple food, aren't they? But when you do it right and with the amazing guacamole and like amazing exactly. toppings and stuff. It's wonderful. Although saying that, the last meal that I had before we went into lockdown, it was for my birthday. And we went just down the road. Um, we went to, um, uh, uh, everything has left my head today. Um, the one in the Mandarin Oriental dinner by Heston Blumenthal. Oh, wow. Um, and actually, so that's probably my hand down favorite dessert in London. The, um, it's called, uh, oh, what is wrong with my words today? It's the I've pineapple. Seen... It's a slow cooked pineapple with um, a croissant that's like a bread pudding. I've seen pictures of this on, um, on Instagram. It looks amazing. It's like a split like roast pineapple, but it is sensational. Oh my gosh, this is really going to annoy me. Okay, I'll come back to what it is. But yeah, that was probably my favourite dessert in London. A bit more fancy, um, but like it's just split roast pineapple, caramel, you know, like a brioche. You can't go wrong with that kind of mixture, can you? And I think that's it, isn't it? There's times and places, like sometimes you just want the simple good food. Yeah. And sometimes you're like, I want to get dressed up and go somewhere fancy exactly. and amazing. Exactly. Hopefully once this is... You know, we'll get back out there and our restaurants, we can start supporting them again. But Julie, thank you so much for joining us. That's been amazing. Can you give everyone a quick reminder of where they can find you online? So on Instagram and Facebook? Yes. So I've got a really annoying um, name, but it's Shivy Ramutar. Um, and it's at Shivy Ramutar on Instagram, at Shivy Ramutar on Twitter and Shivy Ramutar on Facebook. Yeah. And the book is out now? The book, The Ice Kitchen, is out. You can find it on Amazon. You can find it when you go to pick up your essentials in Tesco. Yeah. Amazing. And if you do cook anything from the book, send in pictures to Shivy. Please. Tag us in if you do. And then, yeah. I'll, have to cook, I'll cook something and I'll send it to you. Oh, I'll make you something. have to, Gabby. After this, you have to. <laughs> I will do, I promise. No, thank you so much for coming on. It's been fab. Oh, it's so All great right. to catch up. Thank you, Gabby. Bye. Take care. Bye-bye. So if you want to get hold of Shivy's latest recipes and tips, make sure you go and follow her over on Instagram and other social media at Shivy Ramatar. Now, also on the Coils Lester podcast, every week we like to showcase a different band or singer-songwriter artist from here in Leicester. This week we've got the brilliant Cassius Povey, and this is his track called Happy. The week has worn me out again, and it's only just begun. Craving the comfort of my quilt to filter out the world. This lies complexities and stress to me Depressing how things used to be So damn easy
Touch the ground, we're never on the same page The world's a scary place And we crash and burn in this constant race We're all in this together And we still war with each other And with ourselves we persist That ignorance is bliss The lie of happiness The lie of happiness Music UK or on Spotify. Thanks again for tuning in to the Call of Zesta podcast. We'll be back with a new episode next week. And in the meantime, make sure you're following us on all social media at Call of Zesta. You can visit the website at callofzesta.co.uk and of course sign up to our weekly newsletter.